Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. For us to say that it's not easy to be a real Christian during these days in which we now live truly is an understatement. These words here in verse 16, the days are evil. They are so very true and they are so very descriptive of the days in which we now live. The very present darkness that we've been talking about over these recent weeks is very real. It enshrouds our world with a pervasive and controlling nature and it reaches into every soul, every person's life, bringing about behaviors and corruption uh, more depraved than we've ever known before, accentuating these words, the days are evil. One of the difficulties of being of the age that I now am My days on this earth have afforded me the opportunity to see and to experience what might be some of the worst of the periods of decline that I can think about in the history of men. As a teenager in the later years of the 1950s, I can recall that I would describe those days as being days of relative innocence, especially as compared to the days and the years that would follow in the 1960s. And I can clearly remember a very dramatic downturn in moral values that took place during those 1960s. In those days, our country's leaders, I recall, welcomed in a counterculture that was led almost entirely by young and very foolish idealists who obviously knew very little about real truth. But they didn't let their lack of wisdom inhibit their drives as they went about carving out for themselves and then consequently also for all of our whole nation a kind of truth that fit the standards that they wanted to bring in, but standards that we had never known before. And those changes were far-reaching, all the way from errant political beliefs to uncontrolled immorality and sexual misbehavior. It was all part of the 1960s. It was a decade when whatever meager levels of wisdom that the aged was supposed to have at the time was simply cast aside in favor of a new kind of rationale and behavior that had very few boundaries. They were exchanging the value systems that they had learned from their parents for newfound value systems and freedoms, completely different. And those systems of value had unbridled sexual misbehavior and drug addictions. I've pondered a song over time, and sometime when you have the opportunity, I'd like for you to listen carefully to the words of the song American Pie. 
that was a song that was in many ways a chronicle of the loss of innocence that was taking place at that time. And it was set within a metaphor called The Day the Music Died. And in that song, Don McLean, the singer, whether he knew much about what he was singing about at the time, he voiced a great deal of truth. Truth that was captivating the culture at the time. And in those words, he actually attributed much of that downfall to the takeover by the devil himself. And one of the lines in the song that he used, used the words, and the three men I admire the most, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, they took the last train for the coast the day the music died. And in looking back on those days, it really does seem that God might have actually pulled away and pulled back those precious hedges of protection that he had had along their paths. And he allowed that errant generation to suffer through some of the consequences that their freedoms brought to them then and would bring to them later on. Now, yes, I do know that people of other generations probably have said much the same about their cultural declines as what I've been saying. But from my vantage point, at my age, it began for real in those days. It was an obvious change, so very obvious. And I knew it at the time, so clear I could see it at the time. And it has not slowed down for a moment, even to this day. Those days, these days, and all the days in between are, as our scripture text tells us here, the days are evil. And I can't help but see the exact parallel that's given to us in the words of Romans chapter 1. And I'd like for you to turn there, if you will. Romans chapter 1. And I'd like for you to follow along with me. This is a quite lengthy portion that I will be reading here. But it is so very important and it is so very appropriate to these words, these few words, the days are evil. Let me read these for you. And I'm reading, uh, these are coming from the New American Standard Version. I like that version for these words. Uh, Romans 1, beginning in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power, His divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of of corruptible man, and also of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore God gave them over in the lusts of their heart to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. 
For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also the men abandoned the natural functions of the woman and burned in their desire towards one another, men with men, committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness. And listen to this litany of of depravity. Being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, they are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the ordinance of God that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Now again, I can personally remember those days of decline in the 1960s when our nation began to take on all this very same kind of awful conditions of depravity that's spoken about here. Beginning there in those days, the college-age youth set our nation onto a path of no return. And it was highlighted daily by scenes in the news of everything from free love to LSD trips to student revolts and protests And as these words in verse 22 tell us, they thought themselves to be very wise. They thought themselves to be very wise. And they still do. They still do. Verse 22, professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man. Themselves, their leaders, Anyone else they could find except God. And just as these words foretold, those were the days that we as a nation began in earnest to exchange faith in God for faith in that human knowledge and leadership. We began asking and expecting our governmental leaders to do more and more for us much in the same vein as in the example that's given in Isaiah 44. There in that chapter, there's a parable that God gives. And there God spoke of a man who planted trees in a forest. Then one day he went out and he cut one down and he carved out its pieces carefully, using some for firewood, but with the other parts he made an idol to which he then bowed down before it and cried out, Save me. Save me. How very foolish. How very, very foolish. A piece of wood cannot save a person. But neither can people. 
Neither can people and neither can governments and neither can political systems. Men are not gods. And they make a very poor imitation of the one true God. And God really, really does not like for us to do those kinds of things. And again, do not these words of Romans 1 sound so very much like today's culture and today's behaviors. Depravity has such a deceptive nature. It creeps into people's hearts and into their minds so subtly that few are even aware that it's present. Behavior that once was unacceptable somehow becomes acceptable. A new normal. The Bible scholars call these steps here in Romans chapter 1 steps of reprobation. And they truly are. We take one step, one small step even, into depravity. But we like it. We like that step. And so we take another one, and then another. And yes, God will, as He promises, He will warn us away from taking those steps. But listen, He seldom ever does just stop us from doing what we want to do. If we have our minds set on something, after His warning, He lets us go right on ahead. And He sadly then does what these words tell us. He gives us over to those perverse choices that we make. Verse 24 of Romans 1, Therefore God gave them over in the lusts of their heart to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them then over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire towards one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own person the due penalty of their error. Now again, depravity most often begins exactly as it's being presented to us here, especially in verse 25. We exchange, it tells us, the truth of God for a lie. We exchange the truth of God for a lie. Why is that so? It's because men love darkness. We read that just a few verses earlier. We love and enjoy that which is depraved. And so someone tells us, oh, this is between consenting adults or some other lie. Some other lie. It is a lie. But we exchange the truth of God for that lie. That's all that's needed to set all sorts of sinful behavior into motion, especially sexual misbehavior. We follow the lustful passions of the lie that we have just accepted And we begin to do despicable things from having sexual relations outside of marriage to men having sex with men and women having sex with women. Now, may I point out here that if you or any of your friends wonder what God thinks about the depravity of homosexual behavior and same-sex marriage, read these words that I just read to you over and over again until they sink in. 
And then after you read those, go over to the book of Genesis and read the account of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then if any question still remains in your mind, then I suggest that you simply stay on your knees until the Holy Spirit explains it to you. God is being very, very clear here. He condemns it all. He condemns it all, and any confusion or misunderstanding or denial will be completely on our side of the equation. And so as we would consider these days in which we now live, and we look back at the decline that has been taking place over these last 50 years or so, we can see all of these exact steps that we just read about occurring over and over again, leading our generation into a deeper and deeper pit of depravity and validating these words that we have here in Ephesians chapter 5. Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Listen, making the most of your time because the days are evil. The days are evil. This is a stern warning from the Lord. And we need to listen to it. And we need to heed it. Now notice here also that he uses in these words the word that we were discussing last week, the word walk. We said that the word walk, though it be simple, it is all-inclusive. Our walk means every thought that we think, every relationship that we involve ourselves in, every conversation that we have, every bit of work that we put our hands to, literally every breath that we breathe. It is to be done in the ways of the Lord. And God is very serious about that. The words of our Scripture today, they're given to us with the assumption already that those who are listening have already given their hearts to Christ because the words of the book of Ephesians are written to believers. And so these words that we're reading here today, they assume that we are secure in our salvation. But listen, though that may be true, and it is true, we are still every day walking through what we might aptly call a minefield. The darkness is still so very pervasive and deceptive in its ways. Now thankfully, listen, thankfully we who have Christ as our Savior we really do have a very special light that's shining in and through us. It's the light of Christ. And because of that light, we can see things that we would not otherwise see. We can see things that the unbelieving world cannot see. We can see problems in the society and the culture that the rest of the world cannot see. And we have wisdom. Wisdom that we would not otherwise have that comes from Christ. And so this warning is about something that you and I can and must do something about. Those words again, therefore be careful how you walk. That's a command to us. Something that you and I must do. We have to be careful how we walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of our time because the days are evil. Recently I was asked about the definitions of the words knowledge, and understanding, and wisdom. How those words might differ in their meaning. And I gave the short answer because the full answer is far bigger than my mind is able to, to know. But I said simply that knowledge can be acquired through intellect, through 
reading and hearing and seeing. Understanding is the ability to know what that knowledge that we just acquired really means. But wisdom, wisdom is altogether different. And it is precious. It far exceeds both knowledge and understanding. Wisdom is the right use and application of the knowledge and the understanding that we have received. For us who have Christ as our Savior, it's the Holy Spirit within us discerning and explaining knowledge and understanding to our spirit and to our mind. And this is what these instructions from the Lord that we're reading about here today tell us. With God's Holy Spirit providing the wisdom that we need, even though these days that we live in be so very, very evil, we still can walk as wise. Those words again, therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. I'd like to examine one last thought before we close. There in verse 16, the words are subtle, and they introduce a subtle possibility. Verse 16, making the most of your time because the days are evil. The subtle possibility is that we will not make the most of our time. While often the things that we get caught up in are not necessarily sinful, especially as might be compared to the depraved sinful behaviors that we read about here in Romans 1. Still, the use of our time is so very important, but it may not always be the best kind of usage of our time. Not as profitable to us, to our situation, and especially to the Lord as it should be. It's that old dilemma that we get mixed up in, that of choosing good things which are mediocre over the the very best things, the things that God would have us to be doing. Now as for myself, sometimes I feel like a pinball in a pinball machine being bounced from one bumper to another and the activities of my day being determined more by circumstance than by planning. And yes, sometimes those things are all right things to do. Those responses are okay. But most of the time, they are simply distractions. And here God is exhorting us to be careful about those distractions because they take us away from the very best thing that we might ought to be doing. And so we are to be careful of our distractions and to make the most of the time that we have each day. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. Are you distracted? Do you make choices that you shouldn't? Or do you just allow the circumstances of the day determine your choices? The Lord is telling us here, make the most of your time because the days truly are evil. Now we'll stop here. We'll pick back up next week. Hopefully next week we'll learn what God has to say about drinking and the way alcohol can corrupt our behavior. That's in the next couple of verses. But listen to these words that we've been examining here today. And I want to encourage us to write these words indelibly up on the doorposts of our hearts. Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, 
making the most of your time because the days are evil. Let's pray.